call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Hallelujah. The ordinance here is that of anointing the sick with oil in the name of the Lord. Again, we've seen that with the laying on of hands, um, prayer can be present. But we can see here with the anointing of oil that prayer is present. You see that? Let's go back. Back. Does anyone sick you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. I believe those two are connected. I believe the laying on of hands, it doesn't have to have the uh, praying, but of course, w- when you come up to me, I will pray over you. Um, I, I, don't just, I don't just lay hands on the sick. I typically will, uh, will ask God, according to his word, to heal. Um, now, if we turn back, this is all recap of last week. Um, to the other ordinances of laying uh, uh, hands on the sick. As set forth in Mark 16, we need to see that the context suggests that this ordinance is to go together with the preaching of the gospel. And it's to go together with the preaching of the gospel to the unconverted. I'm going to show this to you. That its primary use are for those who are not yet converted or who have newly come to the faith you can see that these signs are used to bring people in. I'm going to show you. We get this conclusion from the fact that this, like other supernatural signs ordained by Jesus, follows immediately after his commandment to evangelize the whole world given to his disciples. Now, we're going to look at Mark 16, verse 15. This is the scripture just before Um, The previous scripture I gave you, Mark 16, verse 17. So if we take Mark 16, Mark 16, if you remember, I have been teaching out of Mark 16, uh, verses 17 and 18. And these signs will follow those who believe in me. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up servants. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. But what's the context of that? What came before that? You know, if you remember, it, when, I started, when I started reading on verse 17, it says, and these signs will follow. So what comes before it? It says, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. Do you see that there is a connection Maybe this is very elementary, and, and I'm trying to make a point that doesn't need to be made. Um, but personally, I need to see it. I need to see, maybe you'd say, sometimes I just want to come to church and worship. I've been there. I like to worship. But there is, there, there is a reason for preaching the gospel. We can't remove it. It's wrong. We need the word. We need the worship. Oh, I felt like the Lord was trying to show me something right there, and I just uh, just kind of missed it. Oh, um, I saw it right here as I was reading it. 
preach the gospel to every creature. We get out in the world and we get afraid of what the response is going to be or how people are going to react to us or how our job is going to react to us. Yet the word says, preach it to every creature. Those who believe, we see, is baptized and will be saved. But those who don't will be condemned. The result, has, you have no impact on the result. But you have a ton of impact of whether you give that word out to those people. And you may be the only person left to give it to them. Now I believe, I believe that if you don't, God will send somebody else. But I don't want to miss my opportunity that God's given me. You know, pastor, do I risk my job? I, you know, I, I wouldn't go that far. I would go as far as to say if the Holy Spirit leads you, if you're sitting there and you're working with somebody and you just feel in your spirit say, I'm supposed to go witness to this person, I'd go do it. I'd, I, I don't want you to lose your job, but I would, I would rather risk doing what God's telling you to do and let him clean up the mess than to miss it. Believe me, I want you to have your job. God wants you to work. Did you know that? God wants you to work. God wants me to work. But he wants me to be obedient to him. And sometimes when we're obedient to him, things, things change. And I would encourage you, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I thought that was good. Anyway, all right. And these signs will follow. Then Jesus goes on immediately to enumerate on these five supernatural signs ending with uh, the healing of the sick through the laying on of hands. This indicates to us that these signs, including the healing of the sick, is intended by God to bear testimony to the divine truth and authority of the gospel message in places where his message has not been previously heard. He doesn't just want us to preach it, but he wants you to see a tangible move of God when you do preach it. We are not to come in here and hear these great words that God has said and go home unchanged. But we are supposed to lay the rubber to the road. I'm messing up all these cliches. We're supposed to... Start walking. We're supposed to start doing. When you preach the gospel, you know when Peter preached his sermon, they didn't ask to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. They were baptized with the Holy Ghost. They didn't ask for it. They didn't have hands laid on them. It just fell on them. You know, I, I would rather not have to go through intellectually trying to figure out, should I do this or should I not? I'd rather it just... Just take me out of the whole equation and do what you want in me. You know, the, the 120 in the upper room weren't, wasn't sitting there praying, Oh, Lord God, please baptize me with your Holy Spirit and give me uh, my prayer language. and Just, just come, Holy Spirit. No! <laughs> Tongues of fire! They didn't have to ask for nothing. They got it. That's what I want to see come, come from church. That maybe you're not even praying for healing, but because you're in the presence of God, God heals you anyway. 
you may be battling with some type of addiction and you come in here and you give your heart to God and you don't even tell God about the addiction and he delivers you from it anyway. We should be, I don't want to say that we are to desire the signs, but we should expect to see the signs when the gospel's preached. We should expect to see something change. Our lives being changed. And this here is in line. This here where the gospel's being preached to the, uh, the unsaved, the unconverted. It's, I, I'm going to show you here with scripture why it's extremely important that we have the unsaved in here. This is in line with the account of the disciples' evangelistic activity with which Mark's gospel closes. This is Mark 16, verse 20. We've just read 15 through 19. It says, and they went out and they preached everywhere. What'd they do? They got up and they did what what Jesus told them to do. The Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. He confirms his word by these signs. I find it extremely exciting that we have seen the results of this scripture in the last two or three months. Are we seeing it to the extent that I believe they saw it? No. No, I'm wanting to see it every single time we get together. I'm wanting to see it tonight. I'm wanting Miss Imogene's eyes to be opened up. Uh, Miss Imogene battles with the same thing that I believe my grandmother does, and I want to see her eyes opened up. There's no reason why we can't ask with authority for my grandmother. My grandmother's spirit-filled, loves the Lord, um, is ready to receive. I guarantee you if she was here, she'd, sta- she'd stand up and shout, Yes, I'm ready to receive. Why can't we expect God to move when his word tells us that he will? And he gives us, he tells, he gives us an order. Go do this, and these signs are going to follow. I find that there's something wrong when the signs don't follow. Either we don't do it or we don't have the faith to believe it. We read it and we just think, well, that's nice. Isn't that nice? And then we go home. That's a good word the preacher gave. Amen. Let's not even think about praying over our kids or praying over our situations but boy that was a good message on praying over our situations wasn't it i mean i preach a lot over god delivering you from what you're walking through we get a good word amen boy god was really speaking today now how are we going to get through this problem that we got instead of you know what let's get together and let's let's Let's, uh, let's get the word out. Let's get the word that Pastor gave to us. I can't remember what it is. Let's go get on iTunes and let's download it and let's put it to practice. God says don't test God. He only says that we can test him in one area, but he does want to confirm his word in your life. He is faithful. I believe that means we can take him at his word. Is that testing God? Well, I guess, but God's going to be faithful every time. It's like you're giving somebody a test that's going to make 100 every time. So I don't see that as testing. 
God, your word says that my child is protected, that I have this blessing while we're driving again to the hospital. I believe he says, you know what, Paul, you're right. I got it. I got it for you. But I needed to be reminded of it. I needed to know you were sitting here thinking of me. Are you thinking of me? Where do I play right now when you're completely hopeless and somebody else is having to take care of your child? Where do I fit into that? When you're sitting at home and you're battling with sin, where do I, God says, where do I play into your life right now? It's a struggle. It's, it's something you've got to give up to turn from sin. You've got to stand up and you've got to turn around. I've gotten off track a little bit, but God is saying to you, where really am I with you? When you go home, do you put my word to work? I haven't given you this seed to not be put in the ground. This seed was intended to be put in the ground. God's seed, God's son had to die. Just like a seed that has to go on the ground has to go in dead. There's nothing alive about that seed that goes in the ground. But yet it, it splits and God somehow by a miracle brings life to it. And he's saying to you, where do I fit? We're going to sit here and talk about the laying on of hands, but let me tell you, where does God fit with you? That's that's more important than the la- well. I don't I I don't want to I don't want to try to uh, prioritize God's word. But where where are you when you go? Where are, let me just let's just get down and dirty. Where are you when you get, go out of the church? Where does God, does God get left at the church or does he go home with you? When you wake up tomorrow morning and it's Monday morning, where does God play in your life? My life didn't change until God became a part of my life outside of church. My life did not change until I made a commitment to him, a, a life commitment, not, not a Sunday and Wednesday commitment. When I made a change to, to, to change my life, God was right there ready for me. I've been waiting for you for a long time. People have been praying for me for a long time. God says, do you know how many people have been praying for you and for how long? Long time. But here I am and I'm ready. My, my, I, 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 we're having to go to a funeral tomorrow. Uh, our staff is, uh, if you don't know, Mike Grizzard's mother finally did pass away. Um, he's lost his mom and his dad in the last two and a half to three weeks. And wasn't expecting either one of them at all. Uh, they're about 68, 70 years old. Not at an age that you would have guessed for them to go. And, um, but I, I read ahead today. I, was, I knew I was going to have a hard time figuring out how to read my Bible. So I came in at 4 o'clock and read, read my days uh, for tomorrow. I'd even thought about having Zach or Stephen read it to me while we were driving down the road or letting one of them drive and me read. But I was going to read. Whatever it took, I was going to read. It's part of my life. I've got to get fed. Um, I, can't, I can't look anywhere else, but I've got to start here. And sure enough, it was the prodigal son. And if you remember this morning, it talked. I couldn't get it out of my mouth about how God's waiting for you to come back. And from a distance, he sees you. He sees you from a distance. He can see you so far off. And he starts preparing everything and getting it ready, no matter what you've taken away when you left. He's already getting everything ready. And he puts the robe 
that robe of, um, that family robe that says, yes, you're my son, and it, it shows complete restoration. Here's the robe. Here's the ring on your finger. Let's go kill the calf. Let's go kill a cow, and we're going to party. You know, God does not think on our level. And I read today, and it's like it, it's, it's like seven or eight years of reading the one year, it's, things are coming to life to me. But how God rejoices more. God rejoices more over the one that's messed up and comes back than those who've been doing right the whole time. In the natural, I don't get it. The other son sees a party going on. Here I am out slaving away. Dad, what's going on? Well, your brother that hung out with prostitutes and took all, you know, his share of my inheritance and squandered it all's back, and we're having a party. Dad, I've done everything right. I've done everything you've ever asked me to do. You see how in our natural mind, we don't get it, but how excited. You know, I told Eli, uh, Eli Apple uh, asked to be baptized, and I said, you know what? God's throwing a party for you right now in heaven. So if we can get in our minds, no matter what we've come in here with, no matter how far off we've gone, God's ready to throw a party when you come back. And I don't want to say he's not anymore loves me because maybe, or, or you, because in, in our mind we're doing everything right. But that's how excited he gets when the lost come in here. And it doesn't matter how they look or how they smell or what they've been doing when they came in. If they're half drunk or whatever. What, what part does God have with you when you go home? I would encourage you, turn, turn. You know, uh, um, Elizabeth gave one of the greatest compliments this morning to our church in how, how the church pressed in this morning on, a, um, on this song, Hear Us From Heaven. And, um, you know, I feel like, I feel like we're right at the door. I don't mean to where we become some big mega church. I mean to where we really totally sell out to what God wants to do. And being willing to just get in that river that is above our necks and let it take us wherever we need to go. You could feel it wanting to be uh, stirred up this morning in worship. How long has it been since I've done a prophetic song or spontaneous song? Long time. Long enough to make me think, what is, what's wrong with me? I didn't even realize I haven't done that in so long. That needs to be stirring up. Those words... I think you were starting to, you were prophesying or something up here in the, in the, in the choir and others were, were stirring up and I'm like, whoa, wait a minute, what, what's happened to me? Where has this been? And I've not even noticed it. Isn't that a shame? Am I so far off on a tangent that I've all lost y'all? Where is God in our life? Where is he? Now, let me try to wrap this up. Evangelistic activity. We see here, and they went out everywhere and preached. This indicates that the primary purpose of these supernatural signs, including the healing of the sick through the laying on of hands, 
is to confirm the truth of the gospel message among people that have never received it. You see this? It could be argued that the method of ministering to the sick and the laying on of hands in the name of Jesus is primarily intended not for established Christians who are members of churches, but for the unconverted or for those who have newly come to the faith. You know, if somebody in here that's lost was so hurting and needed healed and came up for healing and God healed them, I believe they'd give their heart to the Lord. And it doesn't say that Jesus only healed those that believed in him. He healed all the sick. He healed all the sick. So, as I close, how will healing come as a result in the laying on of hands? Scripture does not give us any details to this question. It just says you'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. In the place of this, they will recover. Maybe you could say, this is another way to translate it, they will become well or they will be well. By these two things, the sovereignty of God still remains in place in these two areas. Number one, the way in which healing will be manifested and the length of time that the process of healing will take. The great thing about this is, is we're not God. We can't explain it all. All we can do is trust God's word and do what he said and believe. The rest is up to God. It takes me, it takes the pressure off. It takes the pressure off. I'm just going to do what God said. Miss Imogene, I can't promise you anything except that God's faithful and that I'm going to do what he said to do and that we're going to believe. Now, the timing is up to God. I believe with all my heart God's a healer. And at any moment that he wants to heal, he will heal. But I do believe that in, in, in a great sense, he has to do it through us. He doesn't have to, but he chooses to do it through us. We can set 1 uh, Corinthians 12, verse 6, right next, to the, right next to this here and say that there are diversities of activities, but it's all the same God who works in them all. There are diversities of activities. The process of healing does not always operate in the same way each time. That's what happens when, when we think that if it happens one way, then we just create a religion where we only do it that one way. That if, if we're standing on one foot and holding our breath and somebody gets healed, then we must have the stand on one foot and hold our breath uh, healing ministry. And that may sound silly, but people do that. Something works, and you know what? We're a, we're a, we're a creature of habit. Have you ever noticed, more than likely, you park in the same parking space every time and have a fit when somebody's in your spot? Same thing in the pew. You sit in the same spot. Have you ever noticed when you go to Kroger or if you go to Walmart, you never park all out by yourself. You always park next to somebody. Just look at parking lots. People park next to each other. Unless you got some car that you're parked out in the boondocks, turned sideways because you think it's worth something. You want everybody to look at it and be mad when you're in two spots. But God doesn't do it the same way so that we don't get hung up with um, method. You know, God has given us a method. 
He's given us his method. That's why with the Lord's Prayer, you need to never remove that from your life. It's one way that Jesus taught us to pray. And he didn't teach us to pray to Jesus. He taught us to pray to the Father. That's what Jesus did for us, is he made us the way to pray to the Father. And he's the one that clarified that God is our Father. So, we don't want to get hung up with, we got to play this song before the healing takes place. Or if we'll just do Days of Elijah, somebody will get healed. You may think that sounds silly, but we people fall into that. But in one case, you may lay hands on someone and, and that may be a channel through which the supernatural gift of healing operates. And in such a case, the person laying hands transmits the supernatural healing virtue or power of God to the body of someone where the hands are being laid and the person actually feels it. Have you ever had hands laid on you and you have felt power? I have had people lay hands on me and I've felt power. I've laid hands on people and I have felt power go through me. My wife's hands a lot of times will get hot. I felt it, I felt it get hot. I felt it shake. I felt all kinds of things. I've seen Lyndall Cooley praying over people. And he's, he gets so, uh, sometimes he'll get so lightheaded, the people he's praying for will go down, and he goes down with them. I'm telling you, it's real. But, but there are other times when I don't feel anything. In fact, most of the time, I don't feel anything. I, this is going to sound wrong, but it doesn't. It doesn't matter whether you feel something or not. We're not looking for a feeling. We're looking for the power of God. In those times, it becomes simply an act of naked faith and obedience to God's word. But if there is genuine faith, healing will follow. And there may be no dramatic experience. I know people that have been saved in a dramatic experience. I know people that have been saved... It, it wasn't dramatic. I know people that's gotten the baptism in the Holy Spirit in a dramatic fashion. I've known some that didn't feel anything. For both of my experiences, I didn't feel anything. Yet I believe with all my heart it took place right then. You can't tell me different. But now God does not give us the length of time that the healing process will take place. Sometimes complete healing is received instantly. As soon as hands are laid upon the sick person, I have seen people prayed for that had two lengths of legs. I mean, many of us are born with one leg being shorter than the other. And right on stage, with my own eyes, watch that other leg grow out. At other times, healing is, comes only as a gradual process. And in this case, it's, the, it's most important that the person seeking healing shall continue to exercise active faith until the healing is complete. How do you do that? You keep reminding God of his word, and you keep thanking God for what he's done before he ever does it. Before he ever does it. So, I'm going to pray, and then Miss Emma Jean, if you don't mind, I'm going to anoint you with oil, and I'm going to lay hands on you, and Anybody that wants to be a part is welcome, and uh, anybody else that wants to be prayed for, uh, I'm willing to pray, and there are many here in this church that are just as capable as me to pray, and um, 
you, you know, remember that night I got back from uh, Morningstar and I wanted us all to try to prophesy and we just decided and sure enough we probably had six or eight people prophesy. So if you feel, the, if you feel led, um, I would ask that, uh, um, I don't want to get, well, no, I'm not going to do that. If you, if you feel so led to do that, I would ask that it be uh, male with male and female with female. And um, the way I'm going to do this with Miss Emma Jean is, you know, I'm going to have, uh, probably since my wife's not here, I'm going to ask my mom to come up here with me. And um, Cindy, as a deacon's wife, you be up here with me. And we want to be appropriate. But I'll, I've laid hands on you before, but Miss Imogene, I'm going to keep knocking on this door until the master gives us, us some bread. And that's what I'm going to ask for. I'm asking for bread. And um, anybody else that wants uh, prayer, Pastor Stephen, Pastor Zach, Bethany, and if Leah's here, we want to we wanna be doers. Amen? Amen. Father, I just thank you for tonight. Lord, I thank you that your word has been preached and Lord, I ask you that your word be faithful, Lord, that these signs would accompany. Lord, it says those sick among you to, be, to call for the elders of the church, to pray and to anoint with oil, and the sick will recover. Lord, I just ask right now that you would, you would come. You are Jehovah Rophi, the Lord our healer. And Holy Spirit, you have filled me, one just like the same as Jesus, and Lord, I ask that as I lay hands on, on the sick and as we anoint with oil, that you bring healing. I ask for the healer to come and to lay hands on the sick and for them to recover. Thank you, Lord. Bless our church. Bless those that are here and bless those that are on vacation on spring break. Lord, bring them all back safely. In Jesus' name, amen.